I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. Welcome to the library, Wanderer. Our rules are three. Respect your fellow patrons. Do not damage the library. Return your books on time. You'll need a card to check out, of course. See the front desk for that. It should be just under a week's journey from here. You'll have to give the archivist your true name, but don't worry. We'll keep it under the strictest levels of security. Oh, and stay away from locked doors. There are places here where even we will not protect you. We would like to extend a special thanks to our associate producers, Dr. Theron Sherman, Sogapple, Adrian, Ethan Childers, Uncertainty Crossing, Angie Oriana, Cameron Schaus, Lisa Person, and Salem. What you are hearing is the result of their generous support. Now please, sit back and enjoy The Journal of Aphromos Long Journey. Sky Day, 20th cycle, 7th year, 81st turn. 52nd day in the trees. I am not certain what is wrong with me, but it is making me crazy. I almost attacked a fellow wanderer this afternoon. Suja had wandered ahead of us. I was busy trying to adjust my robes to keep them on me when I noticed she was not with us. I saw her going around a bend and I hurried to catch her. When I turned the corner, I found a creature not unlike a human, but shorter, with a long, bulbous nose and hair under its chin. This could have been any number of creatures from the description, possibly a human or near-human species, likely a male. Humans and their relatives tend towards beardless females, though this is by no means an absolute. See Man, a Naked Jackanape by Thursday Setima. But precise identification is impossible without more information. It was standing over Suja, who was on her side. It had its hand on her belly. I did not think. I simply loosed a growl and started moving forward at the creature. It gave a high-pitched scream and dived into the bushes. I heard it crashing through the underbrush in its haste to get away. I looked down at Suja who looked up at me quizzically. I realized then that the stranger had simply been petting her. There had been no danger to her. Why did I react as I did? I should not have responded so irrationally. I acted almost as a mother brooding over her eggs. All I could think of was that she was in danger and I needed to protect her. My robes ripped when I was running. 
I would put on one of the others, but they are likewise too small. How could they have all shrunk so much? Have I gotten larger? I had thought I had reached my full growth, but it is possible that I am having a final stretch. I hope I do not grow too large. No female wants a male as large as she is. I wish I could go home. I could visit the healer, and he would know what was wrong with me. But I know that is quite impossible. For better or worse, I am in these woods until I complete my quest. Erev Day, 20th Cycle, 7th Year, 81st Term 54th Day in the Trees We found a ruin today. It is a tower, tall and made of a dark stone. It is weathered, but it appears solid enough. There are no stones fallen from it, and the mortar does not appear loose. It is odd the way some buildings end up preserved in the woods. Often, after an initial period of accelerated decay, they will stay standing more or less unchanged for at least several hundred years. Torn insisted on looking inside. I counselled caution, but he refused to listen, moving inside. I told him I was certain he would break his foolish neck or else bring the tower crumbling down, but he was already in the shadows. I sighed and followed after, stooping down to fit under the doorway. There were stone stairs leading up into the darkness and a square hole in the floor. There were what appeared to be hinges, but if there was a door set in this hole, it had long since rotted away. Torn had lit his lantern and was moving up the stairs, Suja following behind him. The stairs did not look like they could support my weight, so instead I turned my attention to the hole. It was just large enough that I could fit myself through. It was a tighter fit than I had thought, but I made it through, being careful to keep my own lantern lit as I moved through. I found myself standing on a pile of old, rotted wood, I determined that it had been another staircase. Not being made of stone, they had not withstood the test of time. The room was roughly square. The walls were lined with the same stone as the rest of the tower. It smelled strongly of damp and of earth. On the walls hung weapons. There were swords and staffs, shields and spears. There were stranger weapons like a metal ball covered in spikes set on the end of a metal stick. I also saw a mirror. I stood in front of it, looking myself over. Torn had used my ripped robes to enlarge the other two, so I was clad well enough. In the dim light from the lantern, my scales seemed duller, especially my stripes. I noticed that I seemed broader. Had I put on weight, eating so well? Perhaps I should eat less. Though I seem to be hungry more often than not now. Then the mirror no longer showed my reflection. It showed a room full of treasure. Torn was in it, and so was Suja. He was reaching cautiously for a pile of gold pieces. To his right and just behind me, I saw a suit of armour beginning to move, raising an axe up high. The woods would be so much safer 
if stray thermaturgists wouldn't keep leaving their things around. This reminds me of the time an entire expedition's worth of graduate students ended up changed to toads. They all got an extra credit, as I recall. I shouted a warning and ran to the hole and began pulling myself up, something that took me far too long to accomplish. By the time I was out of the hole and standing in the tower again, Suja was running past me through the door. Torn was still on the steps, running as quickly as he could down them. He slipped about twice my height above me, sending him tumbling down. He hit one landing and then I caught him. I took him outside. I took up both our packs and, not letting him down, I ran. Suja followed close behind me. When I finally stopped, several minutes away, we found that Torn's arm was broken by his fall. He will mend. I am simply happy he escaped unharmed. It was Suja, he explained, that saved him. When he had heard my distant shout, he had not realised it was meant for him. But when Suja hissed, he had tumbled forward, landing on the gold, and then vaulted around the armour and ran down the stairs. He had not taken any gold, as any gold with such a guardian must also be cursed. I agree with his caution. I only wish he had not felt the need to explore in the first place. Erev Day, 20th cycle, 7th year, 81st turn. 56th day in the trees. My temper remains frayed. I snapped at Torn again today. He refused to keep still. We are camped in a cave for the expressed purpose of keeping him still while I see to his arm. If he keeps moving, he will injure himself again. If he will not keep still, I may need to tie him. When he is not ignoring my advice, he is talking. He found a stone deep in the cave that excites him. It has a shell impressed in it. I am sure that I would find it fascinating myself, were I not so worried that he might injure himself further. It is a spiral, something like the great shelled homes in Pelavepal. He keeps talking about an ancient sea and millions of years of mud. There have been a number of fossil finds in the Ravelwoods, most notably brought back by the Greeply Fuxantha expedition. They are interesting, but ultimately such study is difficult at best, given the differences in strata throughout the woods, making it impossible to group fossils of different areas by age. That is all of interest, to be sure. But if he does not take care of his arm, which I took great trouble to set, I may sit on him to keep him still. Indeed, at times I feel as though I am caring for a very young Conlin. I know that he is an adult, but I feel responsible for him when he acts foolishly. I will wait until he has been still a while before telling him about the broken stone with the crystals within. Tresday, 20th cycle, 7th year, 81st turn. 57th day in the trees. We remain in the cave. I believe that Torn will be ready to move soon. It is fortunate that his break was not worse. So long as he does not move his arm too much, he should be fine. Until then, I will be carrying both our packs. Torn argued with me, but I held firm. 
he must take care not to hurt that arm further. In the meantime, I have caught several rabbits that came too close to the cave. Suja caught her own dinner, an animal like a rat, but three times the size of any rat I've ever seen. A capybara, perhaps? I must confess I've never been very good at identifying the mid-sized rodents. She is spending several hours a day gone. Where does she go? I keep asking myself if she will return the next time. She is currently laying in the crook of my arm. She has grown so much. She is nearly the size of her mother. She has travelled with me for seven cycles now. A short time for a barrow, but for a cat? She is nearly grown, I think. Torn says that she will be leaving us soon. It is hard for me to bear that thought. I do not want her to leave. I wish for her to stay with us, where we may protect her, where I can enjoy her company. But that is not fair to her, is it? She must leave at some point. She is a friend, and not merely a pet. It was a mistake to try to take her mother for a pet, I now see. She was a wild thing, and I was meddling in things I knew nothing about. Many people take wild things and make them tame. Horses, elephants, goats, sarlafins. They have success with it. But it is still a serious business. It is not right to do it lightly, as I tried to. I did not know what I was doing. Martap paid the price. Suja's mother paid the price. I will not make the same mistake with Suja. I will not try to make her tame. She must leave soon, and I will not stop her. Thank you for listening. The Journal of Aphromos Long Journey is written by Dr. Everett Mann. You can browse Dr. Mann's articles and the other works of the library at wanderers-library.wikidot.com. This production is possible in large part because of our sponsors. John Beatty, Yesenia, Crowcat, Rounder House, Lan2D, and John Winfield. Check the description to find out how to support this channel and future projects like this. This production and content relating to the Wanderers Library is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 and all concepts originate from the Wanderers Library wiki and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Gregory Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SAP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel, by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.